0: Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Uh, Today, brother, I want to talk to you about pasturing those who feel a sense of hopelessness. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about this because this has been a very difficult year that we're coming out of, mm-hmm. uh, and I think, you know, we're as we look to a new year, it's typically a time where we're very joyful and excited, and we, we spend time with those that we love, you know, New Year's Eve, and there's just this excitement and sense of hope moving forward, but It seems that this year is a little different. Mm -hmm. You know, where we're at right now as we're recording this, you know, even with there being a new year, we're still going to be kind of in a similar spot. We've been the majority of this year. Mm -hmm. And whether we look at the pandemic or not, there always kind of seems to be people in our church who at different times kind of feel this sense of hopelessness, seasons where they're, they're struggling to hope. I just wanted to start out by asking you the question has there ever been in a time in your own life where you felt hopeless hmm. and if so, brother, how did you get through it
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh i've I've had seasons um I'll be honest, this year has definitely packed a punch yeah uh there there have been plenty of times this year where uh where I've you know felt the the wear and the tear uh, you know times uh, where uh, you know it's been hard to to want to take a another step you know mm-hmm. or want want to uh, get through the day and and get work done and things like that. There have been uh, several days this week or, or this week <laughs> several days this year uh, where I've, you know, had that feeling of, you know, I just, I just want to stay in bed and, mm. and maybe if I keep my eyes closed, kind of like the two-year-old, the day will never appear. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've had those moments. I've, I've had them in the past as well. Uh, I can definitely remember it was about 10 years ago. In fact, it was indeed 10 years ago, uh, where I was just in a, in a, a rough patch, you know, in terms of life. Um, I'd lost my job, uh, I you know we had just uh, delivered our third uh, uh, child our, our little baby girl and and uh, and I was just I just didn't even know which way was up you know um, uh, it was it was a season that was just brutally hard mm. uh, as I was a student in seminary and and I was just really struggling to uh, to keep going you know I, I didn't want to uh, go to class I didn't want to do anything yeah. you know it was just it just really uh, it, was, it was like kind of getting hit in, in the chest and just having the wind knocked out of you uh, during that season um, and and that season really helped with this year for me uh, it, it drove me to the uh, to be personally uh, personal it drove me to the psalms mm. and I found such a friend. In David, and Asaph, and and the sons of Korah, and 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 all these others who write in uh, in in the in the Book of Psalms, because I tell you, hearing them talk about their struggles and and cry out to the Lord like they did, as raw as they did, and as candidly as they did, really freed me up to be real, you know, just say, Lord, I I am struggling. Uh, nothing makes sense. I don't know what's going on and I really don't want to go to work. I really don't want to go to class. I don't want to do anything. I just want to stay in bed and and hope that the sun will set you know and and try you know try again tomorrow you know and, and and all of that and and the Lord really was a a healer for me during that season you know as i as I walked through the psalms. Uh, and much this year as well, I find myself right back in the Psalms, and and just being reminded of the God who is there for our tears, who's there for our laments, who's there for our frustrations, and and even our anger. Uh, you know, we serve a big God who is able to take big raw emotion from us, mm-hmm. and uh, and and still hide us under the shadow of His wings. And uh, and and it's in there that the hope starts to stir again. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, those were two uh, clear, you know, um, seasons, one past, one a, a bit closer uh, to now uh, that, that the Lord really uh, helped me through.
0: How has these experiences and these the seasons of hopelessness kind of shaped the way that you pastor?
1: Mm. Well, for starters, it, it sure takes the, the sheen off, doesn't it? Mm. You know, um I think we approach ministry uh, kind of like we approach a car, right? You yeah. know, we, we, we look at it, and it's got that, that new car scent, and and everything is so shiny, and, and and you've got the brand new technology. You know, I remember uh, when I when I bought uh, our first car that had the auxiliary jack. You know, for <laughs> it, and I was just like, oh my goodness, I can plug this into my phone, and and I can play my you know all the songs that I had on you know on my uh, my my MP3 player, and feel and like the, a
0: superhero. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, and I'm going in my sound system and all of this. That's amazing. And then you know, after about a year, uh, you realize, oh, this thing depreciates <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> under all that sheen and under all the the gadgets and things like that. It's a car, and as a car, it breaks down, and and it doesn't, you know, it, it needs repair. It doesn't work the way that it does the way that it did in the lot. You know, it it just it it, it takes maintenance. Uh, and in terms of pastoring, I think we look at, at these churches and we have that, that, that honeymoon season, you know, where it's, it's shiny and it's beautiful. And oh, my goodness, this is wonderful. And this is a match made in heaven. And then after a while, you start to recognize, oh, this is reality. Hmm. People hurt and, and people struggle. Uh, one of the, the best things that happened to me uh, as I was entering into uh, Baltimore And I was uh, getting ready to pastor there. Uh, We had just moved from Texas uh, to uh, Baltimore, which was, you know, uh, you know my home state in Maryland. And and we get there our first Sunday, and the interim pastor there was his last Sunday, and I was going to preach the following, uh, uh, kind of my first Sunday as uh, officially as pastor. And while I was there, (laughs) the interim. During the announcements, mentioned that uh, Miss Catherine, uh, who was a member there at the church, her husband had passed away, and well, it was his last Sunday, which meant I was the one that was going to do the funeral. I didn't know Miss Catherine. I I hadn't met her yet. Uh, I w- couldn't pick her out in a crowd, you know. Yeah. But uh, but she was already looking to me as pastor uh, to help walk help her and walk with her through that season as she was laying her husband's body to rest. And uh, that was so good for me because that knocked the sheen off, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that I realized as a pastor, I'm pastoring and I'm shepherding people and they're, they have hurts and they have sorrows and, and all of that. And, and I need to help them just as, of course, the Lord uh, was such a help for me. Uh, during that season. And, and, and we did, you know, we walked through Psalms together and, and uh, you know, we uh, as, as, as much as I could encouraged her, you know, in the Lord. And uh, we had a a really, really uh, great relationship after that, you know, as, as she, every time she saw me, she called me pastor (laughs) and uh, yeah. Yeah. uh, But yeah, those, those seasons come, I wish that we could prepare our students more for those types of, crises and Mm. sorrows and so on uh, because you feel them as a pastor you really do you feel them and uh, if you if you are close enough to the sheep you feel those sorrows Mm. Um, and uh, and yeah uh, there's just you just you can't learn that in a classroom Uh, you learn that by being with them
0: yeah I know I've shared this with you before brother um, but I remember very recently uh, where I felt a sense of of hopelessness Mm. Uh, it was a very difficult season for me. Uh, there were mornings where I would wake up, and I, quite honestly, was just unable to even get a grasp uh, on my emotions. Mm-hmm. And I, I took the the suppression approach, where I thought that if I ignored it, it would just go away, uh, but it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lord really used some really impactful impactful people to help get me through this season mm-hmm. I, I particularly remember one day sitting kind of in a discipleship group that we had that, that met on on Fridays and and a mentor of mine looked at me and, and just knew something was off and in the middle of the meeting he stopped what he was doing and he said he said, I, I don't know what's going on but I want you to know that I see you mm-hmm. I want you to know that I'm here for you mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: those words meant the world to me yeah at that time. In three sentences, he said so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you feel hopeless, you feel isolated. You feel like often there is no one in this world who understands or who can relate to what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think as pastors, one of the biggest things we can do for our people uh, who are feeling hopeless is just to be present with them, mm-hmm. uh, to listen, you know, to love them. To be a shoulder for your people, mm-hmm. uh, there are there are certainly times where we, we share biblical truth, and, and you know you you definitely shared that with people during seasons of hopeless uh, hopelessness. But but we need to recognize that there are also seasons where we just grieve with those who grieve. Yeah, you know there are seasons where where our presence in the room are words of comfort, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's really easy to look back, for me, on those 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 seasons, and, and remember the people who were there. You know I, I don't always remember the words of encouragement uh that was shared with me but I re- I remember the people that were in the trenches with me. Mm-hmm. And so I think for pastors just realizing that there are times where where you you know you obviously share encouragement and hope and you you know you 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 talk with them and talk through uh these seasons but quite honestly there are times where you just sit there. Yeah. And just let them know you're a body in the room. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing when you um when you stop to think and this is how profound this this work of God is in his church. If we would just get it. If we would just if we would just catch this that that God works through us.
0: Hmm.
1: God works through us. So, so we are able to um, to to spread, if you will, the love of Christ to each other. Hmm. Okay, um, I think that may be something that's behind uh, uh, Paul's statements when he'll say, "Greet one another with a holy kiss." Yeah. Um, obviously. Uh, there's a bit of cultural conditioning there uh, uh but i think that that's definitely more than uh a simple handshake or, or 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 anything like that even in terms of covid and 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 all of this now with distancing and and so on we there's an affection mm. that we're able to that that we're called to to share with one another um a deep-seated affection affection for one another. And that affection that we give to one another is, is if I could use this term, is missional.
0: Yeah. I mean, you and I feel like we talked about this not too long ago about Philippians when Paul says to the Philippians, I, I yearned for you with an affection yes. of Christ, like yes. beyond any affection that we can comprehend. I, I, I yearned for you with that. Yes, And it's because I, I say this that I also say later on, that I I I want to go be with the Lord, mm-hmm. but I love you, and it benefits you for me to be here with you yeah. to love you, to serve you, to teach you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, this... and that's
0: not something that comes naturally. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah this is this is the work of the Spirit in us and through us. Um, I, I I'm reminded of. Uh, the prayer, uh, the benediction that Paul gives in in 1 Thessalonians 3 where he says now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. Uh, Paul and his mission uh, team they've been trying to get the Thessalonica for a while and, and, and they've just been hindered over and over again. In fact in one part Paul says Satan was the one that was keeping him uh, keeping them from getting to the Thessalonians and so he prays may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you and then he says and may the Lord make you in and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. And then he has a reason here. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. In other words, Paul defines holiness as this Increase and in abounding of love. Hmm. I don't think we understand that. So when we talk about sanctification, you know, the becoming holy, <laughs> the the process of becoming holy, uh, it's a process of becoming loving. Yeah. Uh, we we increase in our love for one another. So when you uh, have somebody that would leave a church because they they say, I just don't sense the love and the community in a place like this i'm struggling and instead of getting being encouraged and being helped and and like you said someone just being there you know, for me. Uh, instead, people are looking down on me and people are, you know, are are maligning me or slandering me and, and they're adding to the trouble. How did and, you get here? You
0: know? yeah. What did you do to get to this position?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's something, you know, we've gone off road, you know, uh, on the path to sanctification here. Uh, And that's clear because the love of Christ is not being displayed here. And so, yeah, uh, there's something about this work of the Holy Spirit uh, in us to make us people of love and then through us to extend the love of Christ to those who are around us. That's where that hope starts to, where the fires of hope, if you will, are stoked Mm -hmm. again. Uh, And we need that desperately in our churches.
0: So we see kind of relationally some things that we can do to pastor those who feel hopeless during a season. Uh, how do we do this from behind the pulpit? Mm. So how do we make sure that we're preaching hope to our people each mm-hmm. and every week?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know I say this a lot, but preach Christ. <laughs> <laughs> we we keep coming back to this, preach Christ. He is our hope. Uh, Christ is our hope. Uh, I believe it was Titus. Uh, Paul was talking to Titus, and um, uh, he he said in there uh, um, that that this gospel that we have in Christ uh, is the the hope of eternal life, and uh, and this is according to this message that he had received. He had been entrusted by the command of God our Savior, and so yeah, we have we have hope. So if I'm preaching the gospel, I'm preaching a message of hope. If I preach Christ, I'm preaching a message of hope. Uh, Understand that uh, the world as it is, is not what it will be. And, and I can be real about that I can I can be real about about my struggles I can be real about you know uh, the, the the evils of society I can be real about you know our, our difficulties in the home or at work or or in the in the neighborhood or things like that we can be real about these things um, because we realize that we have a savior we have a Christ who is going to make all all things new that includes me individually that includes my home that includes my neighborhood that includes my my workplace that includes the nation that includes all nations he's going to make all things new that includes the cosmos you know the entire universe he's going to make all things new and so uh we can be real about the, the despairs. We can be real about the struggles. We can be real about the depression. We can be real about all these things, and we can take them to our great high priest who has already made a path for us to get to the Father, and he's already given us the end of the story that he's going to come, and he's going to restore everything. In fact, not not just restore it. He's going to uh, He's going to make it what it never could have been before, uh, he's going to uh, uh, shine it with all of his glory and all of his radiance and splendor, and we will see things as we've never seen them before. So yeah, uh, if you want people to have hope, uh, preach Christ. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that there's some, I've, I've heard this before with different preachers where they say, well, I don't want to talk about sin. I don't want to talk about, you know, all of these different things. I want to give people hope. Well, that Therein lies our hope. Hmm. (laughs) Our hope is that the world as it is, and I am a component of that. I'm a part of it, you know, uh, and with my fallenness and so on. uh, This is not the way that it should be. And this is not the way that it will be. Hmm. Uh, But Christ has come not to redeem an imaginary world, you know, but this world, this very one that we live in, this very one with all its hurts and pains and sorrows, this one he has come to redeem. So I don't have to go out of this world to give people hope. The, the hope that Christ gives is a hope for this world. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, uh, I can preach him and preach him faithfully and call people to trust in him and to cling to his promises uh, because he is faithful.
0: Absolutely it's one thing to preach hope week in and week out. It's another thing to to do that when you yourself feel hopeless. So how do pastors preach hope in times where they themselves feel kind of a loss of hope or Mm. a a sense of hopelessness?
1: Mm. Well, uh, the way that you preach hope to others... uh, is by preaching hope to yourself. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's in the very act of preaching hope to others that you're preaching hope to yourself. Um, I, I think of a, a couple of psalms that have. Uh, they, I, I go to them on a regular basis when I'm having these these struggles, when I'm when I'm in the in the dumps, if you will, and 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 just you know grappling with sorrow and despair. I go to Psalm 42 and 43. Um, which were psalms that were written by the sons of Korah. And there's a refrain in there over and over again. Uh, Verse 5 of Psalm 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You go to the end of the psalm, verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And uh, Psalm 43, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, I need to preach this to my people over and over again. But if you notice, the psalmist is preaching this to himself. Yeah. You know, oh, my soul. You know, why are you cast down? Why are you in turmoil within me? You know, so as I'm preaching it to other people, I got to preach it to myself mm-hmm. and say on a regular basis, hey, you, me, <laughs> uh, soul, uh, what, what's up? You know, uh, why, why, are you, why are you downcast? Why are you in turmoil Look to God, hope in him. All right. And so, yeah, I've got to make sure that I am preaching this very gospel to myself and reminding myself of the things that the Lord has done. If I can give another example, in Psalm 77, Asaph uh, is going through it. Uh, He's having his own uh, moment of despair. Uh, He says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me in the day of my trouble. I seek the Lord in the night. My hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my my spirit faints and he just goes on and on and on with this. And then this is interesting. In verse 10, he says, Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. And and then he starts going through the story of redemption. And as he's walking through redemptive history, I see in Asaph a reminder that God is the one that got us through the Red Sea, and God is the one who got us through Egypt, and God is the one who got us through the wilderness, and mm-hmm. God is the one who got us into the Promised Land, and all of that. And he's just being reminded: if God is the one that got us through Egypt, and through the sea, and through the wilderness, and through the Jordan, and through the you know into the Promised Land, then surely God is the one that I can look to right now, yeah. and all of that. So, what was Asaph's means of of, of getting hope, you know, and, and all that? That, he preached to himself, and he reminded himself of the wonderful works of God through redemptive history, and that was how uh, I, I believe he, he came back, you know, if you will, out of the darkness, out of the shadows, back into the light and into hope.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important for for whether you're a pastor or a member of a church and you're going through these seasons to to not rush through it but to realize that that the, the Lord is in it and working through it. You mm-hmm. know, I look back at these times where uh, I, I went through these seasons, and honestly, the Lord did some amazing work mm-hmm. through them, uh, through the relationships that were strengthened through them uh, and through just personal means. Uh, and so my encouragement for you, if, if this is you, and you're going through this right now, is just to remind yourself of biblical truth, remind yourself that, um, that you are part of uh, a body of believers that will care and love you. That is what we as the church do. We love one another. Yeah. We grieve with those that grieve. We mm-hmm. rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah. And so I would just say, uh, pastors, if this is you, uh, be honest with your people. That this is something that you're going through and 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 allow them to see you process this and get through this as well yeah uh, any any advice you would give to to people this has been such a difficult end of the year um with just coming out of the christmas season a lot of people weren't able to visit family uh, again this has just been a year where people have lost jobs lost loved ones um Kids haven't had the the normal childhood that that that, uh, that you and I have had growing up. They're mm-hmm. doing virtual school. There's just so much that's gone on, and so uh, the likelihood, honestly, that somebody's listening to this today that feels a sense of hopelessness is is mm-hmm. is, is greater than we you and I probably even expect it to be. You know, even the other day I was you know scrolling and i just a, a line of pastors that were sharing that they've lost their jobs or that their churches are, are, are struggling. Um, it's it's just sobering. So any encouragement you have?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of what I said before. Remember, uh, one that even though these sorrows and, and the, the disorientation of, of things right now, uh, even though these things are new to us, um, there's comfort in knowing that they're not new, hmm. um, that these things have happened before, and and there are others who have had to navigate these things. There are even your your ancestors in the faith, you know, brothers and sisters who have walked before you. Uh, they have gone through these things, and and they were able to uh, to continue to trust the Lord. In that, uh, the Lord gave them grace to endure. Uh, and He will give you grace to endure as well. Uh, also, realize that the God who was sovereign in those days is the God who is still sovereign today. Mm. Uh, he He has never changed. He, you know, never changes. He is He is still the same. And just as He has been upholding uh, heaven and earth with His with His mighty right hand and His powerful word, so He is doing today. Even in the midst of the crazy and the chaos and all of that, uh, that may not be going away anytime soon. Uh, he is still the one who is sovereign, and he is still on time. Uh, he is still on schedule, uh, accomplishing his purposes, culminating in the return of his son who will rule and reign and, and bring everything to shalom in that day. And so he is our hope. Uh, he is still our our, our king. He is still our Lord. And and if I can encourage you even further, uh, for those of you who have trusted in Christ as your savior, he is still your Abba. Hmm. He's your dad. And he will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He's got big, broad shoulders that you can cry on. Uh, and, and as the psalmist would talk about, hiding under the shadow of his wings. He's a big bird. <laughs> and he's got nice, big wings, and he will definitely cover you uh, with his feathers. This is who he is. Uh, this is not an aberration uh, from him uh, or or, or you know, just a, a little phase that he's going through. This is the heart and soul of his nature and of his being. Mm. So go to him, hide in him, cry out to him, rest in him, mm. and trust that the faithful one will see you through even the hardest of seasons like we're going through right mm.
0: now. These seasons, they come and go, and our emotions change constantly, but but we rest and we trust in a God who never changes. Yes. Thank you for that encouragement, brother. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Uh, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors to lead healthy, disciple-making churches, and I hope we've done that with our conversation today.
1: And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.